Hello, welcome to another episode of the Silk and Steel podcast. I'm your host Carl Za. Today is February twenty sixth, twenty twenty, and we will provide another update on the Corona crisis unfolding right now.、Um, to help me, I have my returning guest, Mr. Sun Fei Yang. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Sun. Thanks, Carl. Always a pleasure to be on. Oh, definitely.、Um, so let's talk about this、uh, because it's been,、uh, I believe, almost、uh, almost a month since we last talked, and a lot has happened both in China and around the world regarding to the Corona virus outbreak.、Um, can you? Maybe give us a little quick rundown, and、um... yeah. So I think when we last spoke, you know, there were still a lot of cases all over China, and the situation right now is outside of Hubei Province, where Wuhan is,、um, you know, the epicenter of the outbreak. You know, cases have largely stopped occurring. I think the the cases outside of Hubei right now is in the single digits on a daily basis. So. Um, pretty good news there,、uh, but the situation is still pretty severe in Hubei Province itself, including Wuhan.、Uh, the World Health Organization recently had a delegation visiting Wuhan.、Um, originally, it said that it wasn't on their itinerary, but they ended up going anyway.、Uh, what's more、uh, concerning right now, though, is that we're starting to see outbreaks in other countries.、Um, South Korea and in the city of Daegu,、um, and Japan on the cruise ship Diamond Princess.、Uh, I forget which harbor it's in, but it's sitting in a dock、uh, in Japan right now. And we are also seeing major outbreaks in Italy as well as Iran too,、um, and then a couple of scattered cases in other countries around the world, including like、uh, you know twenty or so in the United States as well. So you know that's basically where we're at.、Uh, I think. Based on what the World Health Organization was saying, is like the, the concern is less about China now, where it's mostly been contained to one province, and they're working on that. But、uh, the major concern right now is preventing its spread、uh, and the outbreaks across the world, especially in other countries that、uh, may not have the health infrastructure that China does, like Iran being one of the best examples there. Yeah, I'm actually shocked that、uh, Deputy Health Minister of Iran actually came down with coronavirus.、Um, there was actually a video online of him、uh, just prior of him being confirmed、uh, cases. He was given a press conference、uh, to a large group of journalists, and he was visibly, you know, sick, sick. And it came out shortly after that he was diagnosed with coronavirus. So I'm sure a lot of people were panicking right now, like especially the the, the journalists in the room,、um, and also in the uh, it, uh, there's there's a lot lot of ha- lot of things have happened since we last talked. Actually,、um, in China itself, there actually was a case. Um, so, so we, last time we talked about the eight doctors in in Wuhan who were originally been um, uh, uh, detained uh, while being questioned by the Wuhan police for basically、um, posting information about a possible SARS case. This was back in. Like late December, almost January, and since then, one of the doctor,、uh, Li Wenliang, has died from coronavirus infection, and there was actually a、uh, there's a lot of reporting around that,、uh, both in the、uh, Western media and also、uh, it was covered extensively on, on in Chinese、uh, online. Social media. There's,、uh, I mean, there's there's also, of course, a lot. The Western media trying to make hay of the fact that、uh, Doctor Li Wenliang was being detained by the police,、um, and and 
and there was also a lot of people in China that, that were not happy that uh, you know that the Hauli Wenliang was being treated uh, prior to the the coronavirus um, outbreak has been confirmed. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I I somewhat disagree with uh, the media's portrayal of him as a whistleblower because what we know is that uh, it was either December 30th or December 31st, and this was four days after the the director of his hospital that he worked at had submitted, you know, these strange virus cases to the Chinese CDC. And what he did was in a private WeChat group with some of his friends, he said, hey, our hospital has six confirmed cases of SARS. They originated from the Huanan seafood market. You know, all six cases are being quarantined in the Houhu wing of our hospital. You know, and he says, oh, everyone, you know, stay safe, uh, stay indoors or, you know, avoid crowds, something like that. And honestly, if that's where it had stayed, I don't think anything would have happened. But what happened is someone in his group screenshotted his chats and then posted it on some big forum in China. And then a ton of people saw it. And so the police called him in. Um, I don't think they actually detained him. They called him in. They made him sign this acknowledgement that, oh, he's you shouldn't be causing alarm or something like that. Some really awkwardly worded document but he signed the document and then he left so you know it's not like he was sitting in jail for weeks or anything and you know it's it, it got a lot of press because people thought hey well that's december 30th that's december 31st right um you know why hasn't why hasn't the government told us anything um and so you know the government was informed uh, a couple of days ago but they didn't know about human to human transmission yet I think the earliest that you know the central government could have known about that is probably early January or so. So it's it's hard, difficult for me to say that his information really would have helped anyone, especially since he was telling people that it was SARS, and you know it it ended up not being SARS. His specialty isn't virology; he was an eye doctor. So you know it's it's really tragic that he also came down with the virus and he passed. But you know it's. It seems a little different uh, than like a true whistleblower case to me. Okay, I will put in my two cents. Um, I agree that this is not really a whistleblower case because he in the WeChat message he sent, he actually specifically said, uh, "Don't hey, don't spread this. Just inform your relative and friends. Uh, ask them to be careful." So he wasn't really uh, trying to spread this knowledge to the wider public um of course the the you know the the that part came from the people who actually took the screenshot and spread it in, in wider forum um i i mean yes he's an eye doctor but you know he was telling the truth about um people being hospitalized with a with a severe case of uh, infectious disease. I mean, the, he couldn't have known it was uh, the corona, a new form of coronavirus, uh, back in December thirtieth, because uh, at the time it was not. It just not known. It was just not known. It was a. It, it was. It was a new uh, a type of virus. So so, you know, I think he made an educated guess that it's, it, it's SARS. I think that's that's understandable, um, and. I think what people are upset is the fact that he was being muzzled uh, because you, you are right. The, the Chinese police didn't make a, f a detention, but they did uh, found him through his online, uh, his, through his WeChat and basically, quote unquote, invite him for tea. And what they made him sign is like a kind of like um, like a warning, warning slash criticism letter say, you know, I should not. Um, spread unfound rumor to the public uh you know to cause panic and and in fact the later when the coronavirus outbreak was confirmed and uh the chinese people's spring court issued uh basically a statement that saying you know the these these uh these eight eight people in wuhan who have raised alarm 
should not have been, you know, maybe treated as a as a rumor mongers by the Wuhan police. And if their uh, warning were heeded, maybe you would the public would be better served. But it's true that um, that that his the, the the hospital director actually went through the official channels, has reported to the relevant authorities beforehand. And I and I think it's I I I think uh, it can be argued that the the Chinese Chinese government actually did uh, what they could to prevent the pandemic outbreak. I mean they 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 locked down entire cities, entire provinces. I mean, basically the entire China right now is, is in some form of a lockdown because my uh, I have relatives living on both ends of China, uh, you know, some of them in Chongqing, in more inland part of China, and the other, uh, my father's side of family, they live in Zhejiang, which is close between Shanghai and Hangzhou, and both of the relatives are pretty much stay indoors right now, and all their residential compound are basically only limiting traffic to the residents. So any out, so in China, people live in these like uh, most people live in these kind of residential compounds, right? That that's gated and and so so even my uncle, right, who ordered a Chongqing hot pot <laughs> from delivery, uh, the delivery guy was not allowed to come into the residential compound, um, and and my uncle has to go down. Uh, himself to get it you know that's that's how strict it was uh, and this also affected even various remote border towns of china i have a friend uh aussie friend uh davide milia who is teaching in mangsi which is this small border town on the uh, on the border with myanmar you know all the way in yunnan uh, he also reported that economic activity in his small town basically ground to a halt because everybody is staying indoors right now with kind of a limited social interaction. And um, I, in, in case of Dr. Li Wenliang, I think it's more of a case of free speech. I think that's what also people, uh, you know, some people in China are, are upset about, about the fact that he was posting in a private WeChat circle, it wasn't even, you know, like, like, like much wide for what he wasn't intended for like a wider public circulation. And, and for that, you know, the, the, the Wuhan police paid him a visit. So, so people are upset about that. For that, I, myself, I, I'm more in line with the Chinese netizens because uh, me personally, I, I was very active on Chinese social media. At one point, I had 5 million followers on my uh, Weibo account, and I experienced uh, you know, many levels of censorship at the hands of, at the hands of censors uh, uh, by Weibo. So I, I completely sympathize with that, um, and I, I do think there, there, there are many areas that, that, that China could improve in term in in the in the you know in the areas of free speech and and, and so on and so forth. But but in case of for the coronavirus. Uh, how how it was handled? I agree with you. I don't think um, I don't think they 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 could have done any better. Um, and and the fact that it was that you know the it, it, the perception was oh if those eight people's wording were heated you know maybe uh, something could be done earlier. But in fact that uh, the like you mentioned the director of the hospital already reported in official channels that you know the kind of the the, the the Chinese CDC was already in motion to investigate investigate and eventually you know uh, uh, take action and and as we have seen that uh, you know the, the action in China seems to have taken effect I mean like we've seen the leveling off of new cases outside the Hubei province which is um, which is pretty impressive considering. You know, Hubei was a, a transportation hub of China, and there were 11 million people residing in city of Wuhan alone. Um, and and as you also mentioned, 
things are not looking optimistic outside of China. Uh, I was just before um, earlier today, I was looking at the coronavirus update and the, for the confirmed cases outside of mainland China, uh, it, it has already risen over 2,000, and I think it was 2,400 last time I checked. And and the numbers basically are going parabolic right now. If you look at the, the, the graph that was plotting out, it's, it's, it looks like it's going exponential, actually. Um, yeah, and there are some cases, um, well, I... I do want to come back to Li Wenliang one last thing because the police did not find out about what he posted because they were monitoring his WeChat. Someone in his group screenshotted the chat, put it on a big forum. It got tons of views, and that's how they found out about it. So it is a little different. And I also would say that if you're in the United States, if I were a doctor at Northwestern Medical, and then I started posting on my Facebook, even to friends only, saying, hey, we've got six cases of Ebola at Northwestern. They're in this specific wing of the hospital. You know, I don't know if the cops would talk to me, but I think my hospital director would probably make me take it down too. So, you know, there, with, with things like this, there are also privacy concerns as well. And, you know, he even named the specific location in the hospital that they're being held. So I do think that, like, it's not quite cut and dry free speech here. Like even in the United States, we would have a lot of we would have a lot of restrictions on this specific case as well. But I do agree that your specific Weibo should not have been censored though, because that was that was something I really enjoyed as well. So pivoting away from that though, I think it's a really good um, thing. You can kind of compare how China has responded to you know, coronavirus compared to other countries. Like South Korea, I think, is the example that stands out to me the most because you find out that there's basically like this kind of fringe cult in Daegu that's been kind of spreading the virus, whether intentionally or not. But it's a, it's a church called Xincheonzi, uh, Xintiandi in Chinese. And they go and infiltrate other churches. They go and visit around. You know, they... they some people say that, hey, it's okay if you get the virus, you can pray and you can you can pray for good health. And so, you know, that's really caused the virus to, to spread quite a bit in that city. And then it came out that the head of infection control of Tegu was, was also a member of this church, right? And if that had happened in China, you know, can you, can you believe the headlines that would have said, would have had if it turns out that like some rogue cult was both running the infection and response in Wuhan and then also spreading the virus, you know, like people would go berserk. Um, and something even a lot closer to home, um, I, I never expected this, but, uh, you know, my, most of my, my families who are in China are currently safe from coronavirus. But my uh, my sister's family has has came down sick. We don't know if they're infected with coronavirus, but we are uh, won't know because because um, you know they, right now they are not allowed to get coronavirus testing. Um, so I this is something heading very close to home to me because uh, I just find out this about a few days ago. Uh, my, uh, so my sister hosted Super Bowl party uh, in their homes. Uh, the, the friends that they invited, none of them have, uh, you know, have recently traveled to China. So they thought they were safe. And uh, soon after Super Bowl party, about February 12th, my niece uh, became sick. And so were two people who attended the Super Bowl parties. Uh, and it turns out those two people had contact with people who just returned from Chongqing, China. Uh, you know, Chongqing ha actually happened to be my hometown, and uh, it's right next to Hubei province. And Chongqing has, I think last time I checked, either between 300 to 400 confirmed cases of coronavirus. So my sister took my... Uh, niece to the hospital after a couple of days of high fever and um, my my niece tested negative for flu 
And the doctor told 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 her basically go home and rest and drink a lot of water. But you know that that the the high fever did not recede. Uh, she was having consistently having hundred o four degrees um, fever, and and then you know my sister was concerned about a, a possible case of coronavirus infection, so she asked for testing, and. Uh, what she was told by by doctors, uh, she, now she she tried different clinics and doctors in the Bay Area. She they live in Silicon Valley, and uh, what has she has been told is that no, my niece does not qualify for um, for coronavirus testing because uh, CDC has very strict guidelines. A users she. Just recently traveled from Wuhan, the epicenter of coronavirus outbreak, or she has came into direct contact with a confirmed cases of coronavirus. Uh, so in in both cases, my niece didn't qualify, so they would not test her for it. And understandably, you know, my sister was very upset, and and but they had there's nothing they could do, so they went home and waited. And my my niece was not getting better, so they went back to the to Stanford. They went to Stanford Urgent Care, and the doctor, uh, you know, check up on my niece and said, "Oh, uh, you know, we listened to her lungs. Her lungs seems fine, seems healthy. Here, uh, some antibiotics. Uh, go home, rest, drink a lot of fluids." A couple of days later, my niece not getting better, so they went back and and my sister demanded to have X ray. Uh, she also wanted a, a CAT scan, but doctor says you know CAT scan is uh, too too much for for minors because of radioactive uh, radioactivity. So um, because of radiation, and so at my sister's insistence, they give her. My niece, an uh, uh, X-ray, and the X-ray confirmed that my niece has pneumonia. Right. So here we have a case of flu test negative, um, confirmed case of pneumonia. Again, my sister wanted a test for coronavirus. Again, the same response. Um, she, she, my sister was getting a little desperate because of the 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 medicine that doctor prescribed uh argumenting which is uh, uh, uh normally the antibiotics pre prescribed to pneumonia patients it hasn't been working for my knees and and she, my sister then contacted uh the local health department the santa clara county health department like uh, as as people suggested and the the health department official basically told her the same thing you know you're sorry your daughter is not qualified for testing because a she has no recent travel history to wuhan china b she has not had direct contact with a confirmed cases now this is giving the background that santa clara county actually recently declared uh, a, a emergency right and and they have pledged to step up their effort to fight the coronavirus. But it looks like it's all for show because here's a case of suspected coronavirus that, that could very well be. And they denied testing for so-called CDC um, guideline. And and it, it seems like the you know there seems to be CDC screwed up because they had um the initial batch of testing kit they sent out was faulty. And so in order, uh, because of the test, the, 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 the effective test kit kits are limited. So, so they put out these guidelines to the uh, local health department that have received them um, with instructions say, okay, you know, these are the, these are the guidelines that you, you, you follow. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's just completely a lot of bureaucratic red tape. I mean, it. The, the, I don't think their guideline is designed to help prevent a possible epidemic, a pandemic, 
uh, outbreak in United States. Um, in fact, I, I after my post on Facebook and Twitter, I'm get, get, getting a lot of messages uh, from people living in the Bay Area. I have a, a, a friend, a pharmacist. She said, yeah, my daughters are also sick. And, um, you know, there are a lot of children who have come down with pneumonia this season. Um, CDC is saying that uh, this is just a very a particularly bad flu season in the United States. Um, but again, I, I cannot understand, I don't understand the logic of limiting, um, restricting coronavirus testing. I mean, even though they their, their claim was, oh, the, the, I, I saw some people reply to my Facebook post. They say, oh, yeah, the coronavirus uh, confirmed case is really low in the United States. You have better chance of winning lottery. Well, how would you know if you're not testing people? Um, you know, if you're if you're really restricting the number of people who can who can be tested, uh, that that's really concerning, especially, you know, area like Silicon Valley, where people have, uh, you know, frequently, there are a lot of people frequently travel back and forth to China. Um, you know, a lot of people, again, you know, unless they came from Wuhan directly, they're not being quarantined. They're not, uh, there's no, no testing, no, no, like basic level testing. Uh, and so right now it's, uh, I mean, I, I have people even suggest maybe, maybe it's intentional because, Every year, tens of thousands of people in the United States die from flu. Um, you know, and and the, the so far what I've we've seen the, the death cases from coronavirus would not be high enough to kind of uh, change that statistic. So so it can easily be folded into uh, you know statistics of people getting flu and 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 die, and and people won't know the difference. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I saw your story, um, and I do hope your niece is feeling better. Uh, but I saw that Illinois uh, claimed to be one of the states that now offered coronavirus testing as well. So there was a hotline in that link that uh, the Illinois Department of Public Health put out. So I called it, and I asked them, hey, so where would I go to get tested if I thought I had symptoms of coronavirus? And they said, well, are you a healthcare provider? I said, no. It's like, well, we can't really help you because we don't actually do testing. If you were to see symptoms, you should go to your doctor. And if your doctor doesn't know, your doctor can call this hotline and then we will redirect them to another department that could help them. So, you know, end of the day, they actually don't do the testing that they claim. They, they told the media, hey, don't worry, Illinois is set, we can do testing. But if you call the line, you find out they actually don't have that capability. So that was very concerning to me. Uh, you know, it, it does seem like we're not prepared here and that I, I don't know what their plan is. Maybe you're right. It's uh, they're just trying to fold it into the um, flu numbers, which I, I think seems possible now because there doesn't seem to be a way to get tested, uh, you know, in Illinois or in California. And if you can't get tested in those two states, where can you get tested in the U.S.? Yeah, and uh, just to more details on my my niece case. So after my niece has been diagnosed with pneumonia, my sister insisted that uh, the doctor insisted that her doctor call the Santa Clara Health Department. Uh, about coronavirus testing, same response. My, your 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 child is not eligible uh, because because of no recent travel history and because she hasn't contact with come in contact with confirmed cases. I mean, to me, this sounds more like you know, like putting your head in the sand. You 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 you, you don't have any more confirmed cases because you're not testing. And, and what if, you know, my niece does happen to have coronavirus, then, you know, all the people that have come, have, has come into contact with her or the, you know, the two other people who were sick at my, my uh, sister's Super Bowl party and the people that they come into contact with who returned from China should have been in quarantine. And, and you know, like, this is, this is like just a standard procedure but nothing was done and in fact the santa clara county 
house clerk told my sister that you know even if the coronavirus has been confirmed for your child there's really nothing we can do because you know there's no cure right now so the best thing you can do is just uh, go home and uh and and hope it gets better i mean that's literally what the Santa Clara health official has told her. And this reminds me of kind of the, um, the, 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 the reports that's coming out from China, you know, by Western journals, especially by the recently expelled uh, Wall Street Journal uh, journalist uh, over the, the racist headline of, uh, of a Wall Street Journal op-ed, uh, you know, China is a real sick man of Asia. Um, so one of the reporting that was filed was how people in Wuhan was not actually getting adequate testing because the health care system was being overwhelmed. You know, the hospitals are overwhelmed. So there are cases of people who you know, who were sick and like they couldn't get the testing they need because just because the, you know, the, the, the hospital, they don't, they're, they're, they're overwhelmed. Now, now I compare to that kind of reporting, you know, which is quite, there's quite a lot of it in, in the Western mainstream media and, and to the cases inside United States, you know, we have, Aside from my sister's case, we also have reports from from others that that they have been denied testing. Um, in fact, there was a, a person who American who returned from China, right? And he did the a proper thing. He um, asked for testing. Uh, you know, he was not giving one. Instead, he he uh, he got uh, you know got the X ray. Um, I don't know if he got actually got a CAT scan. Um, in in the end, he got tagged with a fourteen hundred dollar bill, you know, for his effort of doing the right thing of getting himself checked up and tested when he came back to the United States. I mean that that's that's the the state of our healthcare system right now, um, and which doesn't expire a lot of confidence and. And, and and this is not really being, co- I mean, I'm really surprised this has not really been widely covered inside U.S. right now in the U.S. media. Um, I mean, my, my sister's case being one, you know, not even local media. My sister posted this in uh, a local Chinese forum. It was widely shared. I, I posted on, on Twitter, it was widely shared, and Facebook widely shared. You know, nobody, nobody contacted her. Uh, uh, nobody contacted me for for further uh, update on the story, um, and and we just don't know right now in the U.S. We just don't know the true numbers of a possible coronavirus uh, infected case. And and maybe, uh, do you also want to maybe spend a little time to talk about that um, expulsion of the Wall Street? journal uh reporters from china because there's the racist headline regarding the coronavirus crisis in china yeah so um it it began with like uh this professor from bard college like walter mead and he wrote this article um you know about about coronavirus about the chinese governance system all these things but the headline was china is the real sick man of asia and you know that's a that's a really loaded term. Like, it may not have originated with China, but the association uh, between that phrase and you know what's called the century of humiliation is is really really strong in in China and not just like on the mainland too, but even in the diaspora. Like in in Bruce Lee's movies, uh, I think it's is it Enter the Dragon, but there's this one in which he's given the sign like it says Dong Ya Bing Fu, like Sick Man of Asia. Uh, by by the Japanese, and he brings it to the karate school. You know, destroys it and challenges the people. So it's it's a very offensive phrase for Chinese people. And the Wall Street Journal, when when they're called out on it, they said, "Oh well, editorial and um, the uh, you know the the reporting departments they're separate, so we can't really do anything about it." Um, and it's it's kind of ridiculous because. The guy who wrote the article didn't even write the headline. Headlines at newspapers are 
are always written by like you know someone else. It's someone working for the Wall Street Journal. It's not the guest writer that writes the editorial. So they basically just kind of shirked responsibility from it. And the Chinese Foreign Ministry, like both Gong Shuang and then Zhao Lijian, they they both criticized the Wall Street Journal for it. But I don't think they actually would have expelled these journalists until something else happened, and that's. Basically, the United States putting new restrictions on Chinese reporters in the U.S., having them register as agents of the state, and you know that was a pretty big, that was a pretty significant change. And I think it's the combination of that and also the headline that made China say, "Okay, you know, we need to respond." And so they kicked out three journalists, two in Beijing, one who I think was in Wuhan. You know, there's still Wall Street Journal, Wall Street Journal journalists in China. They just Kind of chose three of them. I don't know anything specific about them, to be honest. But you know, it's. I think it's a retaliation for both the the non-apology for the headline they haven't changed it, and also for the restrictions that the the U.S. put on on Chinese media. I think、uh, you know. I think I can understand if it's ignorance. I mean, I, there are actually a lot of people in the West who don't understand.、Uh, You know how the term "sick man of Asia" is being perceived in China,、um, but Wall Street Journal can't even plead ignorance because there was New York Times did a follow up uh, up uh, uh, follow up article on the kind of the debate that went on inside Wall Street Journal about fielding the headlines. There was actual op- actual opposition within Wall Street Journal to use that obviously offensive headline and. But Wall Street Journal editorial board just decide to ignore that and went ahead with it. Yeah, there's like fifty, I think fifty Wall Street Journal employees signed the letter, you know, opposing the headline. So there's a pretty significant amount of、uh, internal opposition. Yeah, and and the fact that、um, you know, and and I see a lot of apologists by. The, uh, you know the, the journalist community, this so-called China reporter on Twitter.、Um, you know, I, there's one,、uh, there's one、uh, ethnic Chinese reporter. She she said,、uh, "Oh, we had a meeting with people,、uh, you know, the, the Chinese nationals、uh, who who are from China about this issue, and we realized really the big uh, uh, miscompersion, you know, big perception, different perceptions." Between us and you know the, the the us being the ethnic Chinese who are in the West、uh, versus the, the Chinese nationals, right? They they you know they perceive that the segment of Asia was really racist,、uh, whereas we thought、uh, you know yellow alert. There was another another headline called yellow alert. Yellow alert was more racist of the two because you know because our experience growing up in the West and being called yellow, so on so forth. And I read that I was like, okay, if you are in the diaspora and you didn't understand why being called Sikkiman Asia would be considered offensive by Chinese people in China, you probably don't have much business writing about China. I mean, just the fact that you <laughs> you have Chinese heritage doesn't mean you really understand how you know Chinese people think who. Who are you know from mainland China? And 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 obviously she never watched Bruce Lee's、uh, Fist of Fury because it was made very clear in that movie you know how offensive that term was. It was used specifically to humiliate Chinese during that century of humiliation. And and、uh, and then there's、uh, Anthony Kuhn who was. Kind of the NPR's、uh, head reporter in China, he po- he tweeted that while yes, sick man of Asia is a very racist、uh, term. The Wall Street Journal shouldn't use it, but China is just using this、uh, occasion as an excuse to kick out、uh, kick out you know the the foreign journalist, which I think you know. Look, <laughs> you know, China had to respond. The Chinese government had to respond because it's actually ca- causing a lot of outrage online. And it's not just because、uh, some New York Times suggested it was just reported by.、Uh, it was kind of some kind of nationalistic outrage whipped up by Chinese state media reporting. No, any Chinese people 
you know, who are in the West, read the headline, could just post it in WeChat, in, in on Weibo, you know, on Chinese social media, and immediately that news will spread in China. And that's how I have witnessed how it happened, actually, before it was even reported in the Chinese state media, who's really a, a 24 hours late in the news cycle. Um, a lot of the, you know, it was already on Chinese social media when the outline broke. You know, there are plenty of Chinese who understand, who, who resides in the West, who, you know, conversant in English. You know, they just can take literally at the bottom of a click. They just get through the great firewall and spread that information in China itself. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think, I believe the Chinese government have to respond. Uh, you know, well, I mean, you can argue, yes, it's, it's also retaliation for uh, action of United States government to label the Chinese uh, state media journalists inside United States as uh, agent of foreign government. But, uh, you know, but also to appease, you know, the domestic public opinion, because it, it, it matters that the Chinese government cannot be seen as weak uh, in, in such a kind of provocative action by Wall Street Journal. Well, what Anthony Kim said was, yes, Wall Street Journal headline was racist, but, you know, it's, it's done by their editorial board, which is separate from uh, their on-the-ground journalists in China who are doing a good job. And, you know, China is just doing this because uh, they, they can uh, retaliate against uh, these journalists on the ground because they could, right? Because they can't touch the, the Wall Street Journal editorial board. But it doesn't matter. Wall Street Journal is a single entity, right? Yep, that's it. That's exactly what Zhao Lijian Gongshuang said too, right? They're like, there is one entity called the Wall Street Journal, and that entity is responsible for everything that the Wall Street Journal puts out. Like you, you cannot just tell us that oh, there is an editorial board and there's a reporting section. Like it's, it's all the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, and 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 you know, and of all, all the people who who says, uh, oh, you know, the, the and I've seen people, you know, saying, oh, you know, Chinese, they come, they're being, they're taking offense. By everything you know like no it's not a racist racist uh, headline at all we use that term to describe the uh, european countries during the euro crisis like no when do you get to decide what you know it's like it's like you you only the target you know who can can decide what the target of you know only the target of race racist comments and racist headline can decide what is what is racist you know you don't you don't get to say oh i use that term all the time and 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 it's it doesn't feel racist to me i mean there's there's also a difference in like power balance of how racist terms throwing around uh you, you want to talk about that a little bit? well yeah i uh, I, I do also want to mention, like, I, I saw your thread with the diaspora journalists, and that was just ridiculous how out of touch they are. But there was also another tweet by this French journalist, uh, Ursula Gauthier, and what she said was that, you know, the fight we foreign journalists have with the Chinese state is, first and foremost, for the sake of the Chinese people's safety and freedom. And, you know, she ends with, you will thank us someday. And I think that really captures, like, the the mindset of these foreign journalists in China. They're not there just to report the news. They're there to save the Chinese people from the government. And, you know, if, if you're in China reporting with that kind of mindset, I, I really, you really have to question what kind of objective news they can report. Like if, if you have that mindset, then yeah, you get out. You, you should be kicked out. The Chinese people don't want you there for that either. And it's, this this is this is just one of many headlines. the The headlines have escalated against China, uh, especially with coronavirus. There was also that Danish one, what with like the virus replacing the stars on the Chinese flag. Like these things are popping up everywhere, right? And it's really ridiculous to say that hey, you know, you guys can't get offended about any of this, right? It's just freedom of speech. It's not racist. It's just people responding to you know news about the virus, but. Look at at some point, like the 
Chinese people get to stand up and say, hey, we don't want to tolerate that. So, you know, that's and that's what they did. Um, yeah. And, and right now, yeah, it's, it's, it's just getting getting completely ridiculous. And uh, we still have to see how the virus outbreak itself uh, takes place outside of China, because, you know, you, you don't have to be Chinese to get the virus. Um, and and we we already seen the, the response by some of the government. And so far, you know, I don't. Um, it, it, actually, I just I just saw uh, it was tweeted about out by a French media publication. Um, they base their um, they base their their their, their evaluation from a, something released by John Hopkins. So John Hopkins actually ranked uh, ranked different countries in terms of their, their preparedness for coronavirus outbreak, and John Hopkins ranked United States healthcare system as number one in prep in, in preparedness for for coronavirus I, i'm not kidding and 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 our number nine uh, as, as being prepared country is south korea right where we just had this we just we're just we where we just literally had the scandal of this cult spreading virus i mean some of these people live in like parallel universe uh, it's, it's it's yeah that I don't know what basis there was for for that ranking. I saw it too. Like in and in China, you know, there was news about Wuhan not having enough test kits, and that's why, you know, I think a couple of weeks ago they retroactively added like about ten thousand cases to the number, and those were people that were clinically diagnosed. They had symptoms, but they couldn't confirm. Right? They're doing stuff like that in China, whereas in the U.S., like we discussed before, it's just they don't want to test or they don't have the capability to test. And I'm not sure which one is better because both of them are pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, there's a, so CDC is supposed to uh, publish a new guideline on February 27th. So I guess it's, you know, coming out soon. But, you know, I don't, that's not soon enough for my niece. My niece has been showing symptoms since February 12th. And, you know, like I, so for, some good news is that uh, yesterday that my sister said she was finally uh, admitted to the hospital. The hospital agreed to place her under quarantine and she's now, you know, under, uh, you know, IV drip. Um, basically, they, they're going to the blood test is going to come out tomorrow. Um, you know, she's still not getting the coronavirus test uh, testing, but at least she's under quarantine and she's in the hospital. Um, so I, I hope everything turns out for the best. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm so far, you know, my sister was very frustrated with kind of the bureaucratic red tape that she has to experience personally I mean, firsthand in U.S. This is I mean, this is Silicon Valley, man. Like like this is this, this is not even some remote part of USA. And, and this also had just happened to be like one of the uh parts of us that's actually vulnerable to a coronavirus because you know the, you know that it might, may not be a big threat to to some places like uh you know colorado when there's, there's just not enough density of people but here we you know in, in in bay area you have like the the perfect ingredient you know you have a lot of people traveling back and forth to china and you have uh you know there's the, a the density and yeah, it's unbelievable how the local health department uh, and even you know state health department are handling this situation. Because my sister did call uh, the health de state department. Uh, they just told told her, "Hey, you got to con contact the Santa Clara County Health Department." And it's, they're just pushing the balls. And uh, in the end, you know, like you know, my my niece was not getting better. Yeah, and there are some very basic things the U.S. hasn't done well. You know, the people they evacuated from Wuhan, they just put them on the plane, uh, not separated for anyone else, not a chartered plane. They put it, those people on a plane with healthy passengers and brought them back here, you know, and the, no one was notified that there were coronavirus patients on that plane. So when they found out, people were, were understandably upset about that. But, you know, those are some very basic things that the U.S. has been getting wrong. 
Like especially, you know, on a plane, you all the air is internally it's been recycled, internally circulated, right? You're kind of in a confined space. Yeah. With, with confirmed fourteen confirmed cases of coronavirus uh, patients. And in fact, uh, I remember the, the one the guy from the cruise ship who actually was doing live tweeting while they're on the cruise ship. He said, you know, most of us prefer to stay on the ship, you know, like because you even if we go back to the United States, we're just going to be placed under quarantine. No, is that the right? Diamond Princess? Is that the cruise ship? Yeah. Yes. yes oh, yes. wow. Yeah. yeah. There, there, there's actually two couple cruise ships. There was one cruise ship in japan and there's another one that got diverted to cambodia and so finally cambodia um took them in and and then um you know cambodia being a place that didn't have a capability for for testing um so it turns out later a person who traveled who left that cruise ship traveled to a third country i believe it's malaysia um was tested and got was tested was confirmed uh, a case of coronavirus. So, and 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 I'm in Bali right now. Indonesia officially Indonesia has zero case of coronavirus, but it's really a function. Of, Indonesia does not have the testing kit for it, so nobody is getting tested. <laughs> Therefore, nobody is. There's no confirmed cases coronavirus, uh, and and at this point, really, we're just. Praying for uh, hot weather will save us all because uh, you know, like, like, really, we, we can't, we can't. And you know, one one public official of the uh, or the health minister of uh, Indonesia actually said, "Oh, there's zero case of uh, confirmed cases of coronavirus in Indonesia because because prayers because prayers worked." <laughs> I mean. Yeah, well, might as well when you don't have any uh, capability to handle it, might as well pray. Yeah, it's the the responses uh, like by other countries are are a lot more frightening. Like uh, in on the Diamond Princess, I saw this photo on Twitter where they had like uh, the quarantine going on, and it was literally just two signs on like this split door. Like oh, if you're sick, you go through this way. And if you're not sick, you go through that way. And there's just kind of like a curtain dividing those two lines. So, you know, they, they absolutely did not have any quarantine procedures going on that ship. It was like a total disaster. Uh, and Japan actually had a real whistleblower about the Diamond Princess, too. This uh, virologist, I, I forget his name. I think his surname was Iwata. But he posted a YouTube video criticizing the quarantine measures on the ship, you know, saying it was an absolute disaster. And the Japanese government made him take it down. So, you know, it didn't really get a lot of coverage here because, uh, well, you know, Japan's a friendly country. But, you know, it's pretty concerning. Uh, in fact, the Abe government even leaked to the media that the only reason they had to keep the containment on the ship is because their original plan to move people to Yokota Air Force Base was basically vetoed by the United States. So, you know, it's... Uh, I, not going well in Japan either, too. In fact, the the Olympic Committee even said that, hey, if you don't get your shit together in three months, we may have to think about relocating the Olympics, which obviously, uh, you know, Abe doesn't want either. Yeah, speaking of uh, response in U.S., um, in fact, the U.S. Uh, decided they're going to uh, put, I believe it's from passengers from the, the Diamond uh, Princess. They're going to relocate them to Orange County, you know, like first place them under uh, quarantine and then uh, and then testing. And so there's a protest right now in Orange County, in, in Costa Mesa, you know, where they're <laughs> supposed to be held. Uh, and, and people, residents are upset. It's like, why are you guys bringing on? Uh, people with exposures to over here and and uh, you know like the official didn't really have good answers I mean I mean Orange County residents are, are, are up in arms about this uh, but yeah I, I, I think at this point I can say you know like really a lot of the criticisms about the Chinese government handling of uh, 
of coronavirus actually doesn't stand up uh, to to scrutiny, especially compared to the response of the other governments. Um, and 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 uh, you actually wrote um, like a point by point refutation on on one of the more widely circulated uh, essay criticizing the Chinese government response, right? On Medium? Yeah. Um, and the background of that is that the guy who wrote that article, you know, I think actually deserved a response because he's a Tsinghua professor. He uh, was a senior fellow at the Unirule Institute uh, in Beijing, which is this major like liberal think tank. And you know it's it's significant when someone like that writes such a long article criticizing the government. Like if it comes from James Palmer, I don't really care. But you know it's that kind of domestic uh, response and opposition. I think is definitely worth investigating. So I read through it, the English translation, which was done by this French professor, uh, and then you know I I didn't really buy it. So I, I wrote a point by point response of it. And from you know that was a couple of weeks ago. I do think I've been vindicated because his central point was that the Chinese people are so angry about the government's response to coronavirus that they're just going to rise up like this fear is going to turn into fury, which was the the title of this piece. And, you know, that hasn't really happened, especially with like the cases dying down outside of Hubei, like there's not going to be like a coronavirus rising or rebellion in China. So it it um I, I it is worth a read. Like I, I definitely recommend everyone read his original piece and then if you have time, you know, my response. But you know nothing he said has really come true. I will post a link uh to your medium article. I think it's definitely worth a read. Um and I um, you know, from what I've seen, you know, both talking with my family and friends in China um, and just being in various WeChat circles, I think there's more humor than some fury um, <laughs> in China right now. I mean, a lot of people are being kind of in semi-lockdown in their homes and, and people are just finding ways to entertain themselves. And, you know, you, you, you I mean, some of the humor is dark humor, of course, but, but you know... I don't, I don't, I don't see any fury at all, actually. Yeah, it it really shows that I think he's pretty disconnected from the average person's thinking in China, and you know that happens with professors. That happens in the United States. That's going to happen in China too. But I really think that is the main reason why he, you know, I, I'm sure he genuinely believes what he writes, but that, I think that's the the source of the disconnect there. Uh, that's a good point. I mean, th this current cycle of U.S. election really, really shows how out of the touch some of these uh, U.S. elite are with the with the with the general public. I mean, I mean, they they publish some outrageous, outrageous headlines. Uh, you know, like for for most of you know my U.S. audience, they could probably relate. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we are at one hour uh, mark, and is there anything uh, you would like to cover? Uh, no, I just, in summary, I think for that, that overall, the, the Chinese response, especially by the national government, has been pretty much vindicated. Like, if you can point to any mistakes, most of them were made by the Wuhan government, like, you know, still allowing large gatherings to go on in January, things like that. But overall, the national response has been really effective. And, you know, the next couple of months, we'll see how effective other countries, even developed countries like Japan and South Korea, how successful they are at responding to the same crisis, as well as in the United States. You know, fingers crossed it all works out. But I I think China's probably going to end up having done the best of, of all these countries. Um, but, you know, I hope it doesn't get worse. And, uh, Hopefully, everyone is able to to contain their outbreaks. Yeah, I mean, uh, right now, as you pointed out, that um, I, I, I just point. I'm I'm kind of at loss for words here <laughs> at, at the kind of the things that are going on outside. But I do like to point out that uh, even in Wuhan, you know, some people. 
uh, were held accountable. Um, the Wuhan top Wuhan health officials were being replaced. Um, you know, they were they were being basically fired for their mishandling of the crisis. So there was some accountability over there. Um, but as for the rest of the world, you know, we can only pray. Maybe you know the Indonesian health minister is right. <laughs> Prayer is the answer because I don't see uh, I don't see any other other way. Um, and and let's 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 hope, right? We're all living hope. Let's hope this crisis does not develop into a something major, something bigger. Um, and we will keep our audience updated as the crisis unfolds. So until next time, thank you for joining us. Bye-bye.